Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Anchor. It's a great podcast app. We use it for Flyers Alley. Basically, all you do is download the app, create a profile, and it's pretty self-explanatory. You record, you uh, publish it, and I believe within minutes, you're on your favorite podcast apps, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, the works. So, if you guys want to create your own podcast, the best way to go is Anchor Apps. We use it in the alley. You guys should too. Jesse, cut it out. Jesse, you're on mute. No, I'm good now. Sorry, guys. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to Flyers Alley. I am your host, Jesse Bell, and along with me in the alley, Jake Long. How you doing, Jake? Great. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Wade, how you doing, man? Toasty. Definitely Toasty. hot out today. Definitely hot warm still yeah yeah since yesterday i burnt up uh all down here i decided to not rock a fucking helmet today and burnt the, the top of my baldness to match it there you go even it out <laughs> what's up scott scott hughes says what's going on guys eric moore also says what's up gents what's going on guys thanks for coming out uh also let's get this done and over with now uh stream yard uh Likes to know who you people are. Allow StreamYard the, I guess, permission to let you guys know who, so we can know who you are. I fucked that all up. Anyway, um, <laughs> Flyers Alley is sponsored by Body Check Wellness. Go to www.bodycheckwellness.com for your hemp-derived CBD oils and functioning mushroom blends. That being said, uh, we have a pretty good show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh Unfortunately, our guy is running late. Um, Jamie Baskow from the Flyers Nitty Gritty is at a carnival with his family right now. So we are going to do what we can do until that time has come. Um, so there's not a lot going on that we want to let loose right now because we have a lot of questions for Jamie. He's going to have some things he wants to you know, throw in there real quick. Um, other than that, anything you guys uh, have have to throw up on there? I don't. I don't really think. I want. I don't want to let anything loose right now. You guys got anything with the uh, the playoffs that's happening now or anything? Jake, you uh, got anything? Just want to start off by saying Drew still sucks and he shouldn't be captain. So, um, yeah, and Cup finals have been good so far. Well, at least the playoffs. The last game was kind of shitty with a blowout. So hopefully tonight's game's a, a little bit better. Oh, it's kind of nice seeing Gallagher eat the fucking ice with his face. It was, but when the Flyers are out, I just want good hockey. Like, I want every game to go to overtime. And I always love when the home team wins in overtime just to see everyone going nuts. I just picture it being in Philadelphia and how wild the place would be. Even though Montreal still has fucking, what, 
20% of fans in the stadium, which kind of sucks. Kind yeah, of they almost they almost didn't have anybody. So they're 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 lucky to have anybody in their in their. Yeah, their I do right love now. all the shots that they have outside the stadium. Though all sports do that now. Even yeah, it's teams awesome. Away and you see them going absolutely nuts. I mean, that's why we just need all Philly sports need to get their shit together so we can have that that back. Especially Flyers playoff hockey. That I mean, the whole everyone's wearing orange. It just looks fucking awesome. Eric Moore is predicting back-to-back champs for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, you'd be kind of – I don't know. I don't think anybody besides people in Montreal are kind of predicting that. It's kind of playing, you know, you got $17, $18 million over the cap with a well-rested ace fucking ready to come playing. Right. Also, so it's kind of like you're playing on an uneven playing field right now. Scott, Scott, I'm at the point to where I just I don't even want to see going. I just, I just want him going, even though I know it's not going to happen. Scott Hughes says I was on the G train for a while, but now I can agree that he needs to be stripped of the C. If he if he gets stripped of the C, he's leaving. He's, he's leaving. Gone, so man. I think you're kind of get going to get a chain reaction there with that. You type know, of, but we all know it's not going to happen. No, it, it, probably not. He needs. He just. He needs to activate. That's all. I mean, he needs to start pulling his weight. He does though. He just needs to do it all the time. I mean, I he feel. he did pretty good last year. I mean, I mean, I was one of the biggest ones that that harped on him. But then when you look at the end of the season, they could be empty, you know, stats. But all in all, he he kind of pulled a little bit of his weight this year. Well, his solid forty three points in fifty four games as a captain with a minus four uh, plus minus. Better than fucking Nolan Patrick with a negative thirty. Nolan Patrick, yeah, he's a he's, he's got Nolan a Patrick's little, uh, also he's got a little his, problem. That's his first fucking real season of hockey, though. Yeah, and he was on the fourth line probably yes, the majority yeah. of the year. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hughes. Also, who would you want to take over? I Captain say Provy. We, we touched base on this on a prior show. I would probably go Couturier just because both ends of the ice, I feel like he's the best player on the ice at all times. You always got to give it to the sucky champ. Sean Couturier, that's my – right with you there. Yep. Also, Eric Moore, if the Flyers don't protect G in the expansion draft, you think Seattle would pick him? He's, he's, he's protecting him. He's protected, but if he wasn't, I would 100% say he would be gone. They would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. You'd, have a, you'd have a player like him starting all fresh. But oh my god, he would he would he would love that. Yes, yeah, Seattle would have to work out a trade with the Flyers, and Drew would have to agree to it because he has a no trade clause, which automatically protects him. Wayne Ashlin, I've been seeing Seth Jones to the Flyers. We're, we are going to get into that, but yeah, um, we can get into a little bit of the things that are that uh we're hearing <clears throat> i actually listened to our last episode of flyers alley today i was going through and kind of trying to pick the clip out that was like the best clip of the live to put on the youtube page and um i was absolutely saying that there's no chance that seth jones uh matt dumba or dougie hamilton were coming to the flyers and now there's an absolute uh i think it's almost at like a 90 93 percent chance that seth jones is coming to the flyers like the fact that they're talking about all the, all the um, like what could happen or what, what they're looking or what um, you know, 
Columbus is looking to get for him and blah, 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 all the all the what ifs. What do you what do you guys think? Well, the uh, last thing that I saw, uh, sorry to cut you off, Jake. The last no, thing that good. I saw was they wanted Farabee, Phil Myers, and I think it was the, either this year or next year's first round draft pick. I say fuck you. You're not taking Farabee. Oh, here we I, go. I I would put TK there instead. We got our yeah. guy Jamie here. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. You guys been up? Jamie, here? what's going on, man? Not much. How you man. doing, I'm man? Sorry about that. We just got back from the carnival, and it was uh, tough putting my uh, one son down. Um, That's all good, man. Some of us got kids. We know how it is, yeah. man. That's why I'm down here at eight thirty at night. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That, that's why I said he's pretty perfect. You know, he'll sleep good at night after being out that heat, though. Yeah, well, really you know, this carnival, this carnival started at uh, six thirty, so I was like, eight uh, thirty should jive still, because uh, with a three year old and a one year old, usually you're not out until about like eight twenty. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he was having a good time on the horses, so I was yeah. like, there you go. Um, yeah. Just for everybody that's watching, uh, we did promote this pretty well, so we're getting some pretty good pings off it already. Uh, just from yeah. you know dropping your name and having you on. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, this is yeah. Jake. This is Wade. I'm Jesse again. Flyers nice Alley. Nice um, yeah. So uh, can you just kind of explain to everybody, you know, who you are, what you do, and what the deal is before we start firing these questions off at you? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know who the hell I am at uh, you know certain times <laughs> of the day and stuff like that. Sometimes of the day I'm Jamie, other times I'm Daddy, other times I'm Basco. But uh, I'm uh, Jamie Basco. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Jesse, Jesse's a great Jesse does a great job. He's a great guy, and uh, you know I uh, I'm the uh, I run FlyersNittyGritty.com, and we just uh, became a national outlet with uh, you know becoming accredited for Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the Flyers actually sent us an invitation today for one of their events uh, that's going on tonight. But obviously, I'm all the way, you know, here in uh, Salisbury going to a Hebron carnival with the kids. So, <laughs> other than that, you know, at night, I'm Jamie Basco, and I answer a lot of questions to people. And, uh, you know, got a lot of sources and stuff, got a lot of insight into the Flyers organization. Maybe some that, uh, you know, other people don't have. Uh, we're, we're lucky enough to, you know, become fully credentialed with the Flyers, the Phantoms, the Royals, and the Delaware Thunder. We're just lucky. Yeah. That's all it is, is luck. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, that's cool that you guys do the Delaware Thunder, too, because I remember when they started, you know, yeah. there's not much known about them. So that's, that's really cool that you guys are you're covering that because that's, that's, oh, uh, people it's, need to know about them. It's a fun, they are a fun team. It's the uh, they're out of the Federal Prospects Hockey League. A lot of people don't know, but it's uh, it's comparable to the SPHL. And what happens okay. is, is uh, a lot of uh, ECHL teams, much like the uh, Reading Royals and uh, you know the Maine Mariners, you know that Danny Barrera runs and right. you know and stuff like that. They they pull from the SPHL or you know FPHL actually. There was a gentleman, uh, Piscano, who used to play for the Delaware Thunder that played for the Washington Capitals for about six years. So, uh, you know, they do have their NHL players. Ryan Marker is a very good hockey player. I think that uh, he's better than the FBHL. I think he's better than the SPHL. I think he should be in the ECHL playing for the Reading Royals or, uh, you know, a team of that, you know, caliber. But, uh, 
you know, we'll have to see how he plays this year. He's an older gentleman. He's, uh, you know, 26 years old. They The FPHL draws, you know, people from 18 all the way to 42. Uh, right. It's a pretty fun league. Those guys go ball to the wall. You want uh, a lot of fights, that's it. That's always nice to see, though. Yeah, always fun. I mean, they, they drop it, 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 they drop the mitts at least two or three times per game. Now, do they have, like, a, a stadium with bleachers and things like that? Like yeah, they do. Tickets it's, in a small town, it's in a small town in Harrington. Okay. And the maximum capacity, which they did reach pretty much every game, was 725 people. Okay. But it's it's a small, closed environment. 725 people, it, it really, you know, the decibels in there, mm-hmm. you know, at times you're like, wow, I can't believe it's this loud. Yeah, everyone's on top. Yeah, it, it's a, their it's logo a is pretty sick too. I like their logo. That thing's yeah, badass. yeah. They do have a pretty sweet logo. They do. They it's do. all about the logo. Hey, you know what? That's what sells, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's let's jump right into this. I'm gonna. So basically, how it's gonna go? If people have questions, I'm gonna put it up on the screen. I'll stop everybody. I'll say it off because it is a podcast too. At the same time, so sure. obviously, people that don't watch the live got to know what's going on, which mm-hmm. is actually a lot harder than people would think to do all the time. <laughs> Um, so when they have questions, I'll pop them up if they're relevant or yeah. not. So let's start it off with we got this one here. Um, how long have you been writing? Uh, I've been writing for six and a half years. And, uh, you know, honestly, it started out with uh, Philly Sports Network. Got lucky. Uh, right away, I became, you know, friends with Zach Hill uh, after the first three months of writing. I, I just had guts to email and asked for an interview with, uh, you know, with uh, Sean Couturier, Chris Vandevelde, and Pierre, uh, Pierre uh, Bellamar. And the reason the reason I asked for those three was because I was writing a penalty-killing piece. And believe it or not, Chris Vandevelde was used on the uh, PK a lot, as well as, uh, you know, Pierre Bellamar. But this is, how I, this is how I tell people who ask how, you know, how do you get into the Flyers organization or how do you do this? First, you can't go, you can't go big. Uh, you know, you can't go out. Hey, I want to interview Claude Giroux. You know what I mean? You got to start. You got to start small. Start small and aim high is uh, the motto that I, you know, have for people and stuff. And it, it all goes on how you carry yourself. And I remember sitting in Vorky's with, uh, you know, waiting on Zach Hill. I waited for him for two and a half hours because he mm. asked me to meet him at Vorky's and I could interview the gentleman after practice. Well, they had a back to back. So they canceled that practice. Uh, for, on, for Zach is a busy guy, and it was just one of those things that he forgot to text me the night before. Hey, practice has been canceled. Why don't you come on another day? <laughs> so I sat there for two and a half hours, and the people there were like, "Are you sure you're going to continue to wait?" I was like, "Yeah." And you know, I'm sitting there in khaki pants, a nice you know nice dress shirt, and you know a, a nice pair of loafers and stuff. And I'm like, "Oh man, it is what it is." I had all these questions prepared, and then Zach, I finally come in. He comes in two and a half hours later. He's like, "Damn, I am so sorry, man. I forgot to, uh, you know, text you to let you know that practice has, you know, been canceled because of the back-to-back." And at that time, Hextall was a general, you know, manager, and Dave Hextall was the, uh, you know, Flyers head coach. And he was like, you know, Dave Hextall thought it was best if, you know, the practice, you know, would then be rescheduled because they had two days off. So I was like, no problem. I guess that was like my interview per se. You know, because they they're not just going to allow anybody into the locker rooms. But I think when they see who you are and how professional you are, 
and how you carry yourself, I think it goes a long way. And that's why, you know, like how I, how I operate on Facebook and Twitter, not that I don't have to, but like, I'm not one of those who use curse words or anything else, you know, and stuff like that. It's just not, not my nature. And where I'm getting at, it, it's okay to use, you know, profanity from time to time, you know, like limited and stuff. But right. if that's not who you are as a person, then don't do it. You know, like it, you don't have to do it. Uh, carry we definitely yourself have the, we definitely have the parental advisory on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? It happens from time to time that you got to throw it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's sometimes, no sometimes, you know, the team, it just happens that way that, you know, sometimes they become frustrating and. I get it. This this past season, for instance, was not an easy season. It was a very tough season. The Flyers fans have every right to break four or five televisions. Every they have every right to call, you know, uh, Safe Flight Auto to come fix their, uh, you know, uh, windshield, you know, or something like that, you know, from busting, you know, and stuff. I get it. I understand. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to me too, you know. But it is what it is. But honestly, I just got lucky, and now I write, you know, now. Eureka and I co-founded uh, Flyers Nitty Gritty about two years ago, and honestly, uh, it just spiraled. Uh, Flyers fans are amazing. Once they, uh, you know, once they love you, if they love you, you're in for good. And I just happen to fall in that category, I guess. We got a uh, question, Scott Hughes. What would you say your best moment was writing for the Flyers? Uh, best moment. My first interview with Sean Couturier. Uh, you know, Sean is one of those that when you first meet him, he doesn't like to talk. He's very quiet, quiet, believe it or not. He has come out of his shell the past few years and stuff and uh, has become more of a vocal leader. And that's definitely behind closed doors. You didn't necessarily won't see that. Like if you go into the Flyers locker room, you could ask you could ask any beat writer. You could ask Russ Cohen. You could ask Bill Meltzer. And they'll tell you who who's the most quietest. And they will tell you, I guarantee that. Sean Couturier would would fall on that list. Now, he is an integral part to this team. And like Absolutely. I said, he has taken a bigger part in the leadership role. He just doesn't have to show it in front of everybody to show how big he is. What happens is, is that the players come to him and they ask him questions. And that was the moment. I, I You know, you just got one of those questions. If you hit him, uh, I asked him a lot of questions about Guy Boucher. Uh, cause, uh, Guy Boucher was one of his, uh, you know, a- admirers. Uh, it, it was, it, it was, a, he was a coach when he was younger, coaching, you know, for, uh, junior hockey and stuff. And, uh, he, he, he dedicated, he said, I am the player I am today because of Guy Boucher and Guy Boucher at that time, I don't know if people remember, but, uh, this was back in 2017. So back in 2017, Guy Boucher was just dismissed as the uh, Tampa Bay head coach. And uh, but he still owed it all to uh, Guy Boucher. And then I think uh, Guy Boucher went to the um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he went to the Ottawa Senators organization to uh, I think he was an assistant coach of some sort, you know, for Ottawa, I think, after uh, he was dismissed from uh, Tampa. But uh, Sean Couturier talked my ear off. He talked. (laughs) I talk a lot. Trust me. It's it's funny because they they just they just had they just had uh, Giroux on. um, uh, nasty knuckles with Cote and uh, Derek Settlemeyer, oh, no. and he and he was they were saying, uh, oh no, Drew was saying how, you know, he wasn't, uh, he was real quiet his rookie year. Now he now he can't get him to shut up, and now he doesn't. Now he knows everything. He wishes yep. he would just go back to being a rookie again, so he wouldn't yep. say as much. But that's all. Yeah. That's awesome that you got the chance to, to actually mm-hmm. 
sit down and talk to him. And hopefully yeah. at some point, we actually have Wade Allison coming on in September. Ah, oh, dude, man, that's yeah. awesome. You guys are legit. Uh, <laughs> get the weight training here. Luck of the yeah. draw, man. Here's luck of the, the draw. See, that's, that, we just touched on that, right? Luck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's listen, 100% luck. Man, listen, Wade Allison is a great young man. Uh, I was blessed to interview him his uh, freshman year. Uh, it was after his uh, first month of the season with the uh, Western Michigan Broncos. Not many people knew who he was at that particular time and stuff. But, uh, you know, he was he was on fire uh, when he first uh, started playing for the Broncos. And it just spiraled from there. And each year I put in for requests. I was only granted twice. I was granted his uh, freshman year and sophomore year. His junior year, I guess, I don't know if he wanted to interview so much because he was hurt. And then his senior year, he was also hurt a little bit, you know, at times and stuff. So I couldn't, I wasn't granted an interview with uh, Adam Bodner is the uh, PR there for the uh, Western Michigan uh, Broncos. But uh, he's a good guy. And, you know, you just, another one that you want to reach out to that's uh, pretty cool and he won't stop smiling is Ronnie Atari for the Western I, Michigan I, Broncos. I actually, I actually did uh, message him and it turned into uh, kind of a public relation issue. So, oh, okay. Okay. He's I fun. Dude, I just he's, he's I, once, once I get something like that, I back off. So I, just, <laughs> I, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. You know, hey, you um, get the weed train on here. That's good. All right. Yeah, um, moving on. Um, predictions on who Seattle takes in the expansion draft. So I, I get your, I, your point. I have two players that I think that they – well, three, actually. Uh, JBR is at the tops of my list of forwards. Uh, JBR, people – we talk about salary all the time, right? Now, what the uh, Flyers can do – I wouldn't do it if I was Chuck Fletcher. I'd expose who I want to. Seattle, take them. If you want JBR, take them. You know what I mean? If you want Voracek, take them. Now, what people don't – what's I won't say what people. What some people don't understand is that – the Seattle Kraken have to get to the cap floor. And one way to get to the cap floor is by taking on a contract. Now, what, uh, what one person sent me a few weeks ago was something cool, but this is going back a few years as well. So you're going back to the 2017 expansion draft, right, with the Vegas Golden Knights. The highest paid player that they had on their roster was James Neal, and he was making $5 million, and that's who they wow. – uh, That that's who – you know, was the highest paid player. Now, in four years, inflation, you know what I mean? So James Neal, a player of his caliber from that time, probably making what JBR is now making, you know, like, you know, around seven, six, seven million dollars, right? But again, the Kraken have to get to the cap floor, so JBR is a perfect camp. JBR is good for 25 to 30 goals per year. Even in his down years, which this year was a good year, but it was a fluky year, he potted 19 goals, you know what I mean? So, And he provided points, and he's becoming – a uh, versatile player. He's becoming an assist machine. I mean, a passing machine. His passes are crisp, tape to tape, right? That that hasn't been seen. He's gotten better as his years have gone on, in my opinion. So, right. JBR is a candidate for forwards. I think NAK is another candidate for forwards ah. just because he's cheap. $1.075 mm-hmm. He's a cheap candidate, in my opinion, right? So, those two forwards, I think. But I think they would go with JBR over NAK. Now, defense, I always think that they're going to take a defenseman, and I still think that. So I think JBR is still going to be here after the expansion draft. I think that NAK will as well. I think that when you're looking at it, I think one person that one one person is Justin Braun. He's a veteran. 
Ron Francis knows him well, right? $1.8 million. Would the Flyers like to lose Justin Braun? No. I'm going to be honest. The Flyers love Justin Braun. He gave them a heck of a year last year. Actually, I picked him to be the Barry Ashby winner. I thought he was better than Ivan Provorov. Now, Provy, I, I do. I, I think he was – because I think he was more I got to go around the room for this one. I got to go I around think, the room. I think he was more consistent than Ivan Provorov. I, I, I don't think really? – I think Ivan – yeah, I think as the years – I think as the season wore on, Ivan Provorov became more consistent with, uh, you know, Justin, you know, Justin Braun, you know, as his partner and stuff. I thought he became more consistent. He really seemed to settle down, you know, and stuff like that. That's just my opinion. I, I, I now Provy is Provy. I think he's one hell of a defenseman. Uh, you know, I would not trade Provy for nothing. Again, it was a fluke year. He was with partner after partner after partner. He had to take a lot of minutes, right? And I don't think that was any of his fault. And I think when he's being forced with Sandheim at times, him and Sandheim played great together. But AV told me back in late February, early March, that he had to split Sandheim and Proby up because they were too successful. So he had to balance out the rest of the defense. That's what AV told me anyway, whether he was telling me the truth or not. Well, would, but, uh, would you think with that statement, though, don't you think that uh, you know them mixing up the lines, though, was kind of – uh, the reason why the defense failed. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what I mean. So, I think that they should have just stuck with the pairings. And you saw, as the season wore on, a little bit over the three-quarter hash mark of the season, the defense started to settle, in my opinion. They started to become solidified a little bit to where they were starting to gain some traction. I'm not saying that they played perfect hockey or great hockey, for that matter, but they were playing solid hockey, I thought, by the time the years, you know, this season wore on. Whereas, you know, Brian Elliott was given the load at that time. And I'm not faulting Brian Elliott at that time, but he was just playing too much. And when Brian Elliott plays too much in his latter years here, he doesn't he, – he lets up, you know, a, a, an easy goal or two. I'm not knocking the guy. I thought he had one heck of a season, especially when he wasn't supposed to carry the load. You know, but um, that's, that's sort of what happened. It was just uh, one of those seasons that nothing went right for the Philadelphia Flyers. And to me, that – uh, I thought that I think that Ghost or Justin Braun are the two on the uh, back end there that uh, can be selected by the Kraken. So I would I would get I'll go around the room. Jake, you want to take that? Who do you think that they're going to take? Uh, I think it's going to be Kubel. Like like he said, it's a possibility just because he's a cheap, you know, affordable guy that can play the the penalty, penalty kill, just kind of like. Um, What's his name? Belmar to the Knights got taken, and it was just a perfect situation for him. Cheap contract, a fourth line guy who's going to grind, and and I I just think that's their best option. But I'm praying they take JVR or Voracek. Mm-hmm. I'm a Ghost supporter. I love Ghost, so I I hope he stays. I think he showed a lot again the second half of the year. You know he, he has you know, up and downs, but I, I think he's a young defenseman and he's still got a lot of talent left in him. And I, I would like to see him grow with the Flyers organization. Yeah, absolutely. You go, Wade. Uh, I think you guys are blowing up Knack way too much. <laughs> I love the guy. I don't want him to go anywhere. So do I. So do I. I'm, I mean, such, a, I'm such a huge if, fan of him, dude. If you have a free fucking market to pick people off the of teams, you're going to pick a fourth line guy over a possible first line guy. Absolutely. At a reasonable Absolutely. price, seven million. 
I mean, eight million if you go with Borchek, but I would stay away from it because he's on the the upper side of thirties. So I would I would go with JVR. I mean, he put his fat ass in front of the net to deflect pucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not even fat. But you know what I mean? Yeah. What the fuck was yeah, that? I mean, no, <laughs> when, when he wants when he wants to skate, he can move. Yeah. He can. When, when he, he wants can. to. And I think yeah. he had uh, how many power play? I think he had like eleven power play goals or something like that. This he year. was leading the league this year. Yeah. In power play goals. It, so, so to me, that that's another reason that I think that he can be taken. I mean, yes. he, he is when he's on his game, he's deflected pucks. He is yes. very good at deflecting in front of the net. He did that with Toronto for years, and he used to burn the Flyers every time we played Toronto Maple Leafs when he was on that team. It seemed like he always potted two goals. He got at least one or two, you know. Yeah. And I'm, and it's annoying when it happens, right? It always seems to be a former Flyer. Yeah, it's like, why couldn't you do that when you were with us? Right, exactly. That's our stigma. <laughs> That's our stigma, man. That's how yeah, it, it is. It is. But I'm not hey, looking forward one, to One to other thing I wanted Simmons. to touch on, let's not forget that Ron Hextall got a flack of crap for protecting Scott Walton over Pierre Bellamar. Let's not forget that. Yeah, so, fluky things happen. So, I think that the Flyers could throw a protection in there that people are going to be a head-scratcher and be like, why'd they do it? Mm-hmm. And then, here you go. And, look, now you have Scott Walton, and he's signed for five more years. Yeah. And a lot of people, at a reasonable rate too. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people last uh, trade deadline, a lot of people were acquiring for Scott Long. So I guarantee that yep. he's going to be protected this year. Oh yeah. I mean, if yeah, you absolutely. had, if you had at least, I think it was like four or five teams that was reported that were asking for Scott Lawton at the trade deadline, and we just shut the door on him. He's an ace in the pocket. So exactly. like, if Fletcher he's needed shut down. Yep, that. But if Fletcher really needed to move some cap space, he could always do it with Scotty. So that's yes. another, you know, three, three and a half million. You know, I think it's three point two five. I think is how much he's making, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this coming season. Yeah. But that's another three point two five that could come off the books if he absolutely had to. And I, I bet you he could get, you know, something significant. Maybe not earth, earth shaking or whatever, but he could mm-hmm. get a significant return for uh, Scott yeah. Walton, in my opinion. You need centers to fucking win in this league. I think I might burn my days. house down if they if they trade Scott Lawton at this point. Yeah, I, I don't. If they think do they would, something just, Philadelphia wise, I'm going to lose my mind. Right, but you you know the Flyers are going to go for it this year, and w- regardless of what people think, they're making a major splash. But I think they make two, and uh, you know p- people call me crazy, but I'm telling you. There is a trade in the works. There's multiple oh, trades in the works. That's here. my next. That's, that's my go. next. Uh, Let's go. That's <laughs> my next. Uh, my, our next topic is um, thoughts on who would be traded for Seth Jones. Uh, so you, they're going to want either Sandheim or Myers. You're not getting both, it, but they would want Sandheim or Myers off the top. Uh, I don't think that they have to part with, you know, what people were expecting here. I don't think they're going to have to repart part with Travis Konecki or Joel Farabee. I think that Sanheimer Myers could could possibly get it done along with, you know, a high-end prospect. So you're talking about Igor Zamula. That's who I would if – I, if I'm Columbus, I'm not going after Linus Holberg. I'm not going after Wyatt Wiley. I want something of significant return, right? So I'm going at – I'll just say it. Travis Sanheim, Igor Zamula in the first – in the uh, 2021 first-round pick. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Him over Frost, I would think they would want at least one D and one offense. I I think that because you they they want a young defenseman. I think that they want to build from they're they're years away from contending. So (laughs) when when you're years away from contending, you want to build from the net out. 
So it, uh, yeah. it's much easier to acquire. I'm not saying it's easy. Anything's easy, but it's much easier to acquire a forward, a steady forward, than it is a defenseman. Look where the Flyers are at now. Yeah, we never thought, and I say we like. I, I, I would speak for the room here. Who thought that the Flyers would need a top-pairing guy like right now when Hextall was selecting all these defensemen, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in the drafts and stuff? I thought that they would have a top-pairing guy right now that they wouldn't have to acquire, you know, a, a, a top-pairing, you know, defenseman. This is just my opinion. I think I mean, that Hextall was probably banking on this getting playing out his contract. He was, and I, I, and I, and I absolutely think that he thought Sandheim would grow at a higher rate than what he has. Yes. And I'm not saying that Sanheim has played bad by any means, but I don't think he's grown to the level that the organization thought he would be at right now. And I'm not saying that he can't get there. I'm just saying that he needs to bulk up and get stronger. That's that's his yeah. biggest that's his biggest Achilles heel. He needs to take the body. He's tall enough. There's no reason in the world. Like that was the thing that burnt me up about Felipe Myers. Use your damn six foot five frame yeah. to take some freaking bodies away here. You're just yeah. you're six and- foot five for a reason. I don't even care about his weight. <laughs> Well, you're six foot five. You should be Heroic. able to move a person that's five foot eight, like Cole Caulfield, out of the freaking way. You know do what you, I mean? Do you think that um, it sucks using COVID as an excuse? But do you think that COVID is a big factor of why these prospects aren't developing at the rate that we were expecting them to? I, I think so. When you're talking about like a Morgan Frost, yeah, I think that hindered him. Uh, I mean, those guys are really in their developmental years. Now, the veterans like Kevin Hayes, Claude Giroux and stuff and JBR and, you know, all, you know, Travis Konechny because he's, he's considered a veteran now. You know, yeah. Sandheim would be considered a veteran, in my opinion. He's no longer, <laughs> you know, that prospect anymore. I think it's inexcusable for them uh, yeah. th- that th- th- they're at the level that they have now that they have to bank them on unforeseen circumstances. So if that means having a gym in your house, then you have a gym in your house. If that means having an ice rink in the backyard, that means having an ice rink somehow in the backyard. They're making enough money to where, and I'm not, I, of course, I don't know off the top of my head what they're doing with their money, but like if that yeah. means having an indoor skating rink like Sean Couturier has, then that, that means you have an indoor yeah. skating rink. You know yeah, what I mean? Shit, I'm broke and I put a gym in my house when the yeah. COVID hit. So. <laughs> if you want, then skate around on your rollerblades or something yeah, exactly. you know, in, in the uh, garage or something of that nature. You know, So, yeah, I do think that COVID played a role uh, in terms of the younger, younger you know, prospects. But I think something that what we have to take into consideration this year is multiple things here. Kevin Hayes is coming off core muscle surgery. If people remember – Two and three years ago, Claude Giroux and Shane Gothisbear had the same surgery. Of course, they had a hip surgery on top of that, right? But they didn't start getting it going until around February. I'm not expecting Kevin Hayes to kill it right away, and I hope he doesn't get killed because of that. It's going to take him until around December, January for him to start to get going because he isn't going to have an opportunity to train as much because it's a shortened offseason here. Another thing that fans have to take into consideration is Morgan Frost. He missed an entire developmental year. That is a big loss. That is Absolutely. a long time. When you're like, looking, I was at just him. saying that today. I was just saying yeah. that today. Imagine, imagine if they get rid of him, and he just—he doesn't have a full year, a full of actual year to, to to show everybody what he's got. I mean, it's just—it's not fair. So I don't think I don't even know his trade value right now. I, I think that's where teams are at. I don't think that they, they can possibly assess on his trade value right now because he missed a full year of developmental time. That is a big. These are critical years for Morgan Frost and how young he is. And I know he's frustrated, and I feel bad for him. 
not not writing him off by any means. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. But I think it's I think it's I don't think it's right for people to just say, okay, well we'll have Morgan for boss and peg him in as the three C. That's not fair to him. He missed right. he missed significant time. You saw this past year with Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick. Look, they both missed significant time. And look, they did and it they looked didn't like it start too. to get it going. Fortunately, towards the tail end there, Oscar Lindblom got it going to where Nolan Patrick never got it going. You know, so yeah. like I mean, you know, that that's just one of those things that I think it's. Uh, I don't think that needs to be expected. Oh, we're losing you. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh, I finished up. I'm sorry, Dad. I, I I don't think it's expected for them to have expectations to perform. You know, in my opinion. That's just, so, so who do you think the Flyers will end up with? Do you think Seth Jones is in a Flyers uniform? Oh, uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. One hundred percent, Seth Jones. That's it. So I was on the phone. Uh, I was on the phone lines with uh, on the uh, Gary Bettman uh, press call, and uh, I'll say it was a very significant. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there. But I, uh, yeah, I do believe one hundred percent that is the Flyers' number one target is Seth Jones. The only thing that can steer the Flyers away, and of course, I don't think anybody's purview is what they actually want, would be if they want Joel Farabee. If they're dead set on Joel Farabee, I think the Flyers walk. I, I think that uh, they should, yeah, and they should absolutely because I think when you take away your number one goal scorer from last season, twenty goals, that's a lot. Who's going to pick up the other twenty? So if you trade Joel Farabee and say, "Oh, okay," the Flyers really didn't have trouble scoring. That wasn't their problem this past year. Their problem was defense, goaltending, you know, and just the overall team defense. In my team opinion, defense. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just. I mean, it's a sh- it's such a chain way. reaction of things. I mean, yeah. Uh, Carter Hart goes. To, uh, I personally believe, and I don't. Th- I think I can speak for the room, or at least for my guys. I hope you agree as well. Um, the defense goes down. The chain reaction goes with Carter Hart. Then mm-hmm. the defense feels like they can't trust Carter Hart. And then yeah. you got the offense playing back to play the defense because the defense yeah. isn't covering. So then Carter Hart's emotionally yeah. compromised. The defense exactly. has the, has nothing yeah. going on, and the team fell apart. Yeah. And at the beginning of the season, we were playing good, but that's because yeah. no one else was playing good. Yeah. It just so, seemed like when they when, when the opposition got that one goal, regardless of who it was, and it, say if it was a defensive – because we saw it from time to time, right, a lot. Defensive meltdowns in the first period, for whatever reason, led to like big, massive turnovers. And we're talking about three on O's. That shakes my confidence if I'm a goaltender there. So I can't just fault goaltending. And he's I young. Think it goes so. hand in hand. You know what I mean? How many times did Carter Hart and Brian Elliott get pegged on a dude? On they had a man advantage, five on three man advantage, right? And it's a three on one going the other way. Have you ever seen that in your life? That was no. against like I think that was against the no. Buffalo team too. Yeah. If I recall that, right? Yeah. It was a three-on-one going the other yeah. way. And it's a five-on-three. Seriously? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, those are some things that, no, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. It's unacceptable. You know, Do you I, think I, the coach should take some brunt of that? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think it's everyone. I think everyone in the entire Flyers organization dropped the ball. I think that AV, AV needs to cool it with the line. Just stick with some mm-hmm. lines. Don't move them. Like, Definitely agree. some time to gel. Give the defense some time to gel. For whatever reason, they love that CNI monitor pairing. I, I don't know what it is, but they went to it a lot this year again. And, uh, you know, like, fine, stick with it then. See what happens. You know, do, But do the same thing with your forward lines. If they knew Kevin Hayes was hurt, and which they did, I think it's a disservice to Kevin Hayes, right? Because he's – he, he was 2C at times, right? 
Is he hurt? What did he have he, muscle surgery? Did he have core problems when he's a two C? So you have a person with core problems as a two C. I don't see it as a problem there. You could tell when something was happening. So something Hell was yeah. going on early on there because all of a sudden I was calling it for a while there, guys, yeah. saying why is he not? The puck is right in front of him, and he's just not going yeah. after it. Glancing he's just, right off the ice. Yeah, yeah and he, he's, he's just gone. See, something was wrong there. So. That's Chuck Fletcher's team. Chuck Fletcher, if you don't like what you see, then you tell your coach, hey, this is what's going down. If you don't like it, I'll fire you. You know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hands down. You know what I mean? So, And I love A.V. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying fire him or anything. But I just say that it was a combination. It was the whole organization. It's just not one little part what faltered the fires this year. It was multiple parts, and it started with the top of the uh, the top brass of the organization. It filtered all the way down, you know, to include you know, staff and everything. In my opinion. Yeah, and you don't everybody. you don't start shuffling lines when there's already a lack of practice time. Yeah, that's your second Agreed. half of the year when we had yep. all those makeup games. There's yep. no reason to shuffle those lines. The only way they're going to gel is in game. Yeah. And if you have to throw away the second half of the season because you're letting them gel, yeah. don't let them gel. Don't it, keep mixing them up and confusing everybody and with no practice time whatsoever. Yeah. Another thing that irritated me a little bit was at the end of the season and Jackson Cates no longer played. And I, I, I liked him, man. And I, 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 Yeah, I wouldn't say he like smashed it you know, or anything, but give him some time. I think that's a clear indication that they want him starting with the Phantoms next season. That's how I looked at that. I don't think he's going to vie for a spot. I think that Tanner Lazinski will vie for a spot if he can stay healthy. I think that that was a clear indication towards the tail end of the season there. And one thing, they had some recalls that they had in their pockets. And if I have recalls in my pockets, I'm calling my guys up, you know, for the last game just to see what's going on. So, like, if you wanted to. What they should have done, they should have called up David Kasha. You know, even though he's yeah. going overseas to Czechoslovakia, but give him a shot. You know what I mean? See what he's got, right? He played in one game this year, and then they sent him back. Like, I didn't understand that either. You know what I mean? Like, he played he played like 10 minutes and 48 seconds, and then we didn't see him again. And uh, I don't think he played that bad. I, I didn't say he killed it or anything, but, like, I don't think he played that, that bad. But, like, if you have recalls on the final game of the year, use them. And in my opinion, another one that I thought should have played was Felix Sandstrom. I thought that he should have been recalled and at least given one or two games at the end of the season. Those are those are some of the bad things that I was left with a sour taste in my mouth at the end of the year. I hate it when a team goes with recalls at that at, at the at the end of uh, you know the season when, when the season's out, out. out. Yeah, when it's out of reach. And also talking about guys that you're not really using, just go back a few years when the Flyers still had Nick Cousins. Now you mm-hmm. look at him, he's like a pretty good pest playing for playoff fucking teams, and we just yeah, just yeah. wash our hands with him and just let him go. Nick Cousins, man. You can even <laughs> say, I mean, look, you know who's up, I think, is a uh, free agent now is Pitlick. I know he's, he's up for Seattle is Tyler Pitlick. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely missed this year. I I don't know why they traded Lance's son. What are you What are you insane? That kid was killing it. I love that yeah. kid. He was fast. He was engaged. I I was a huge fan of that guy. But with uh, yeah. and let's, uh, hold on let's, before we move on, Jamie, you said earlier that there was two big moves you think were going to be made. So, what are you thinking the second move <coughs> called, that I, might be made? So. so, so 
so this this all depends on the expansion draft, right? So okay. the, if they acquire Seth Jones, they're going to need to move money out. That's just mm-hmm. how it's going to have to happen, right? Because they got to – let's just say, regardless of the moving parts, their RFAs still at hand, right? They still have Carter Hart to sign. Assuming that Nolan Patrick is here, he still has to re-sign, and they still have to re-sign Travis Sanheim. But Sanheim could be moved in for Seth Jones, which I think he would be. Uh, you know, him or Myers. But I think that Columbus would want a serviceable defenseman that they know is going to eat minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Sanheim is that. It's hard that you don't find defensemen that are good skaters uh, who eat minutes. They don't grow on trees. And I think that that's what Columbus is looking for. So if I'm Columbus, I want Sanheim with Myers. Myers hasn't proven that yet. So where I'm getting at is that I think JVR or Jake would be the next you know, move and people call me crazy for saying Jake, there is a market. Um, and, and I say that even with his $8.25 million contract, there is still a market. There's still a team that he led, he, he tied, he tied for the team lead with, uh, you know, 43 points this year for whatever reason, regardless of how people want to, you know, say Jake is, he produces. It does, whether he does it consistently or whatever, but towards the tail end of the season, he's putting up 60 plus points. So, but there's also a market for JVR. Again, you're getting a guy that in the normal season could pot anywhere from 25 to 30 goals for you, who is an integral part on their power play. So those two guys are, you know, could, could be moved. And I think they will. Will they be moved just for prospects or draft picks? Just, just basically a salary dump at that point, or yeah, are you getting of, anything in return? You're you're not going to get nothing significant in return because you're not looking for anything significant. Mm-hmm. It's more or less like the Vegas Golden Knights assigned Alex Petrangelo to that massive contract. You remember it was like ten million mm-hmm. or something, right? And they had to move a defenseman. They loved Nate Schmidt. They didn't want to yeah, part. That's right. Schmidt, that's right. Right. But they had to. And what did they get for Nate Schmidt? They got a pick. And, or two multiple picks, right? I think it was like a first and a third or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just a two or a first and a yeah. fourth. So that's what you're <clears throat> looking at. You're looking at a team that needs goal scoring, and you might have to retain some salary to get it done. So where I'm getting at is a team that I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Nashville Predators. People call me crazy for that, but they have groundwork for a trade with Arizona and, and Nashville. And when you're looking at a team like Nashville, right, who's out of the Flyers farm system through and through, there's a massive trade coming somewhere down the line, right? That these teams just don't come on multiple occasions to your AHL farm system to just go. They're not going to send scouts to the AHL team that they can go to the AHL package and watch. They're actually going there to network, talk. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do they want? Let me see this guy. You know what I mean? They're getting their teams out there and stuff. So, yeah. looking at it, wouldn't Nashville have a tough time in the playoffs doing that tough time to score? They were getting solid gold, but they couldn't put the puck in the net. There was one game, it was like 3 1, 3 nothing or something, or 2 nothing, something like that. <laughs> they had trouble scoring. And where does JDR come? He could score, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Flyers were to retain a million dollars worth of salary or $2 million worth of salary to a team like Nashville that might be up against the cap themselves, right? You're getting a 25 to 30 goal score for $5 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. 
Yeah, I would get on. I can get on with that. Did we lose him? I don't know. I think we lost him. Oh boy! <laughs> Something told yeah. me like during that whole thing, it was gonna be a he was gonna get kicked out at some point. Yeah, he's cutting up a good bit in there, so. Let me yeah, see. I can understand most of what he was saying, but that last one was cut. Well, like he was saying, uh, like the possibility of being a, a trade going uh, JVR to to Nashville, which is very possible. We've done it with Hartnell mm-hmm. and Kimo Timonen. We've done like we traded for them and we traded them back. There right. you go. So. You back? Yeah. You good? Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. Wood, so uh, sometimes it's difficulty to find this Wi-Fi. <laughs> Uh, you're good. Um, well, move on with, from that. I'd like to get into a little bit more fiery t- uh, topics here. Um, let's get into uh, does does Giroux end his career in Philadelphia? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Claude Giroux will resign with the and Philadelphia Flyers. With 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 that question there, there's kind of a follow up one as well that just kind of tags along with that. Is um, what makes Giroux an underappreciated player? Well, here's this, right? I think Claude Giroux will sign a hometown discount. I don't think – I mean, he's making, you know, $8.25 million right now. I don't think he's – if he wants to stay in Philadelphia, he's not going to want a contract of $8 million plus. He got his, you know, for eight years. You know what I mean? So, like, he's already made his, you know, money, and he will see it like that. This guy, when he says he wants to finish in Philly, he really wants to live – he wants to finish in Philadelphia. Everything is here. His son is here. You know, his wife, they're happy. I mean, you see him all the time out in the city and stuff, playing and stuff. It, uh, it's just Stop stop making me like him a little bit. No, what I mean <laughs> is, like, kids kids are a big part, especially younger kids like that, yeah. right? If his kid loves the city and they love everything about it and they're going out to play hockey and stuff like that, why would they want to mess up something and, and bombard this kid and go somewhere else and he may not like it? I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, Kids do matter, and the wives matter. Whatever that boss wants, that's what Claude Giroux is going to want. If, mm-hmm. if, if his wife wants to stay in Philly, he's going to stay in Philadelphia, and he will take a pay cut to do such. I could see him signing for around five or six million. It, it, that would be a hometown discount for a player of his caliber. You know, to finish his career out here, around two or you know, I, I would say he signs like maybe a two-year, ten million dollar deal which really wouldn't be that bad. It's like a $5 million cap hit, you know, for two years, you know, and then he signs, you know, again, you know, if that, but that's, that's what he's going to do. Trust me. Trust me. With that. You don't, think, yeah. what, you don't I, think he would want to go up to, you don't think he would want to go back home up back up North? No, no, no. I don't. I, I don't. I, no, I don't. I, he loves it here in Philly. Like he loves, he loves the media. Believe it or not, he does. He, lo- he knows how to answer the questions. When when a player of his caliber, the media even asks, you know, uh, that that's a player that really is comfortable where he's at. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it, when you go to an unknown city, yeah, he's going back home. But this is the limelight. I mean, he's going to have so much press there. Does he really want to be? He's, he already has enough press in Philadelphia, but he's going to get even five more times that you know, in his hometown. Does he really want that there? So if he starts to play bad, does he want the negative press? I mean, because he, he, he played pretty well whenever we go up to Ottawa. 
I mean, he always seems like he likes to he put does. on his dancing shoes to show up to he Ottawa. Wants, I mean, he, a lot of his friends and his, family go his, there. So. His goal is to win a Stanley Cup. So yeah, that ain't going to happen. Contract at, you know, at, when he's looking exactly. In Ottawa can't get there because they got they got good young talent there to put their yeah. years away. Claude Giroux is not getting any younger; he's getting older. He really wants to win a Stanley Cup. Like when, when he says it, like he really means it. You know, there there isn't. He's another one that you know people look up to. Like he commands presence when he walks in that room. Players are like like this, you know what I mean, and stuff. The younger mm-hmm. players, anyway, you know. So like um. Right. Claude Giroux it wants to win a cup. Ottawa's not the team to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And but do you do you think but his uh, do you think his his captain his captain skills though are, are, are up to par for him to be the, the captain that leads the Flyers to the Stanley Cup though? Uh yeah, I, I mean so he's very well respected in that locker room. Like how far does it go? I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ears and say you know, whatever, because we're well, only I would like it to go at least to the back of the um, net. <laughs> well, he, he well, yeah, I mean, believe it or not, he finished with 16 or 17 goals this year. You know what I mean? So you're looking, you're looking at a guy, you know, who scored better than Travis connected. Right. So, and he's right. much older than Travis connect me. Right. So like, if we're going to go down that route, right. But well, no, what goes with uh, the, when people say that he's the best, like Kevin Hayes, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just, I forget right. shit, and if I forget it, it'll, it'll go away forever. Right. Um, no, you're right. Uh, Kevin Hayes uh, was on an interview and said, you know, Claude Giroux was the best, uh, the best player that he's ever played with at this point. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of players that go on, you know, other podcasts, other shows, say that Giroux is the guy that, you know, he, he, like you're saying, he, he, he when he walks in the room, he, de- he, he demands attention, and he's he's the captain. He's this yeah. big, big guy. But but when when is it? that we're actually going to see that. So, like, you have a Shea Weber, uh, and I know at times they're different from the captains. They're not the big, bad bully like they used to be. And But, uh, you know, and we, I think we, uh, us three, are kind of different than normal Philadelphia Flyers fans, but we're actually logical. Right. Um, and, you know, when is it going to – when when is he going to activate? Because he is Claude Giroux. He is, he is who he was drafted to be. He's still on the team. Now he's the captain. And, like, you know – when is he going to fill the shoes that everybody has kind of made for him? Because, I mean, he really has almost hasn't done it yet. It's hard to say. I mean, I think that, you know, the Flyers can be in contention, you know, after this offseason, after these two major splashes. And I think they're going to make a few more minor, you know, uh, changes here. I think they're going to get a little, little tougher and physicality wise. I think they're going to get a little faster speed wise, you know, there. I think that a target of, of their caliber is probably a Barclay Goudreau who would be a perfect fit in, you know, in Philadelphia. And I don't think he would be too much. I, you know, him or Blake Coleman would be two people on the uh, Flyers radar. Tampa Bay is going to need to cut salary here. So when is it going to happen? I'm not sure. Like, when is he going to become, you know, that player? I will say this, right? He is 12th among active players in, in the playoff, you know, in, in terms of points per game. And he scores at a clip of 0.89 points per game. Now, people, people, you be that as well. What happened in the past three to four, three to four years? Well, it takes more than one player, right? You're looking at Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the world, and what happened to Edmonton? You know, I mean, you know, (laughs) why can't they? Why can't they get over the hump? You know, so in my opinion, who did Claude Giroux have to play with? 
you know, for those, you know, three to four years. I mean, seriously. I, and I'm not, you know, knocking anybody here, but who has he had to play with? He's had to play with who? You know, Check, uh, JVR, Belly, you know, and stuff like Chan. that on the top. Stuff like that, you know. I mean, like, you know, you're talking about Michael Roffle on the top line. You know, is Michael Roffle a top line player? You know, and stuff. But that was his winger for a period of time, you know. Can he but, get it done? You know, maybe uh, but I mean, when we're looking at and elite players, yeah, bring up the level of play of the players around them. And I don't see that with Drew. And the reason we, we brought this underappreciated question up, I, I seen a tweet of yours saying that he's the most underappreciated athlete in Philly history. And yeah, I absolutely. feel like no he's overappreciated and overrated by a lot of Flyers fans because Flyers fans are just so loyal that if he's the captain, they're sticking by him through and through me. Well, I just had enough of him because they always put the stats hit next to Crosby, Ovechkin, and things like that. He's nowhere close to level of players, those guys. And I just I just want to get your thoughts on why you well, think he's underappreciated. By we're talking about a guy right now that has the third most points in Flyers history, and we're talking about him whether or not he's going to finish his career here in Philadelphia. Like, if we're talking about this, what, what are we going to talk about Joel Embiid finishing his career as a sixer? Like, you know, like Joel Embiid's more respected than Claude Giroux. And what has Joel Embiid done? Uh, you know what? They can't get Is past really? the second round. You, you know what I mean? But yet everyone, it, it depends on what Philly fans want. They love Joel Embiid. They love the way he acts on Twitter and stuff. Claude Giroux yeah, is think, soft-spoken, you know? I think, I think it's he's because... Been always that, he's always been that soft-spoken guy, and I don't think that he's necessarily bonded, you know, the feeling he is. So I understand why why you guys don't think that he is the captain that could bring, you know, a Stanley Cup here uh, because of how soft-spoken he is. So if he's soft-spoken you know, on social media and to the media in general, what is he, how is he in the locker room? Well, he is a vocal in front of us in the locker room, but he doesn't necessarily have to be all the time. He knows when to have, he knows when to have fun. He knows when, you know, things are a joke, but he knows how to be serious as well. So when he steps foot and he comes out and he's smiling and stuff like that, players are like this, literally they're, they're, they're stargazing. They're waiting for their guy you know, to see what he's going to say and stuff like that. So we're talking about a guy who is going to be the second best player in Flyers history this coming season. He's only 35 points away or something. That, that yeah, I think Joel that's Barber's a lot number. to do with longevity you know, so more than anything. Really? I mean, like, he's he's not, he sits <laughs> he's, at, like, he sits at, this is where I'm getting at. He's sitting at, like, what what is he at? He's at like nine hundred and thirty five points or something like that, or, or somewhere around there. Eight hundred is he eight hundred fifty eight to nine hundred thirty five points, somewhere around there, right? He will eclipse one thousand points, and we're talking about a guy eight fifty seven. You know what I mean? So like, we're really talking about a guy and why he's not appreciated and stuff. You know why he's underappreciated? Well, I just think that people overrate him and say he's elite. I mean, elite players are a point per game type of well, player. Well, don't don't get me wrong. For, uh, my my opinion on on Drew and maybe I guess Jake, your opinion on him, and obviously Jamie, your opinion on him, uh, is is a little mm-hmm. a little skewed a little bit. I I I know that he can be that player, but I just want him to be that player. 
all the time. He, he put up 857 points with trash. Except for the one year with Yager, right? Let's be honest. Like, who's yeah. his line mate? You know, I mean, maybe, okay. He's now, had Scott now, Hartnell now for his wing for the longest Ed, time. Well, there you go. Really? Scott Hartnell? Who made Scott Hartnell there? You got to have a guy in front of the net to block the shots for G to fucking attempt to shoot the puck. Well, you that's what I mean. Somebody there. Would, would Scott Hartnell have as, as a successful career without Claude Giroux? Yes. He was well, doing very well in Nashville. I don't know about that. Yes. Don't backpedal, Jess. Like, I'm, I'm just I saying. Mean, I, don't, okay. I, don't think, I don't really think Hartnell was that big of a deal. Okay. All right. I I'll mean, I mean, yeah, uh, every, everybody, Yager, yes. I mean, he also played I'll, I'll online. Yager, I'll give you Scott Hartnell, but who else? Like, really? He also had Jake, He's only started. We were just praising Jake Voracek. Yeah, as right, of late, he's right, played right. with Couturier and Jake Voracek. But, like, that's what I mean. So, for the majority of his career, he's had Michael Roppels, Chris Vandeveldes and stuff, you know, as, like, his top line mate. He's also played right? with Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. With his, uh, yeah, I think, well, I think that, that might have been his fir- had, first so, year. I mean, his bubble year. I mean, he was like up and down that line. Yeah, Rafa hasn't really activated I mean, really until the past like two, three years anyway. Yeah. So I can get behind that, but he's played with some guys, some some guys that are maybe a little bit more unappreciated than him. And you gotta elevate. Like, I mean, you look at you look at Crosby as much as it sucks to say because he's a penguin and I hate Crosby, but. He all the guys that they put on his line, they they they're usually nobodies, and all of a sudden they're they're good players because they're Crosby's playing with a player an elite. He I always know. has, but, yeah. but yeah. It, 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 all the down. time people always say, "Look at Drew's numbers. Look at Drew's numbers." Drew no, there's just no comparison. No comparison. doesn't put up. I, no. I like I say, it's it's more empty empty stats, longevity. Why he's gonna why he's gonna yep. break the uh, Flyers record, and I just. I don't think he's the guy that that should be leading the team. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jake, you're entitled to your opinion. I respect. Yeah. You know, whatever yeah. I say, and I respect, respect yours too. Right? And yeah, I respect you know, we're that. Having I respect that at the end of the day because you know what? Sidney Crosby is one of the best players I've ever seen play the game. He Penguin is. or not, I don't care. He's Still a class a act off the ice. <laughs> he, he's, he he really is a nice guy. And mm, uh, right. you know, uh, off the ice, he, he really is actually when you talk yeah. to him and stuff like that. So, but like well, Sidney Crosby, wanna... Crosby and Claude, Crosby should not even be mentioned with Claude Giroux because Claude Giroux <laughs> is nothing to Crosby. Yeah, but I just want to mention because you you said he's the most underappreciated oh, Philly geez. athlete. But I just want to, I think yeah, there's well, a more underappreciated the is, flyer. Is, the reason is, I mean, you don't hear anyone ever speak of Brian Prop. And well, he should be a Shorelock Hall of Famer, and he's eight, two times better the, to play than Drew's ever been. The, the knock on Brian Prop, and this is why he isn't in the you know Hall of Fame and stuff like that, is because he was in the scoring era, and people don't believe that he put up enough points in the scoring era for him to be in the Hall of Fame. So where I'm getting at, why I say he's underappreciated, Kent Manderville was more appreciated than Claude Giroux, right? I mean, people, people respect Tyler Pitlick more than Claude Giroux, right? People respect uh, Nick Cousins more than Claude Giroux. You know, people respect Patrick Sharp now more than Claude Giroux, right? I, like that—that's 
that's why that's why I'm saying you know that Kirk has has a couple. yeah. I, I just thought it was a little <laughs> steep to Kent say Vanderbilt. Under Vanderbilt scored one flyer one flyer goal is more appreciated than a guy who's been here. I forgot know, about him to be honest with you. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about him. <laughs> you know? like, my my final thing on this is I just think Drew's overappreciated for his one shift against the Penguins. I respect that uh, when he yeah, was labeled shift, that yeah. the best player in the world. Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I, I've always loved Drew. I just feel like, you know, like you said, Embiid. That was I, I one think, hell of a shift, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I think Embiid over time, if he doesn't start winning, it's going to be the same thing with Drew. You know, but, Embiid's the leader, so if he doesn't get it done, people are going to start turning uh, on him. It's just the nature of sports. So the fan there base. There are two players that I love that you mentioned: Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Mike Richards was a freaking awesome player, and we're seeing yes. it now how good he was. He was underappreciated, yep. too. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people had some knock, you know, for Mike Richards. And now when you're looking at it and you're going back to those years, it's like, damn, he was one hell of a freaking player. Regardless yeah, he of stuck, And he stuck up for everybody on the team. Dude, he freaking – he would hit. He was physical. It yep. didn't matter, man. Freaking Mike Richards laid the ball on the line. Hustled his ass He was a hell of a – Mike Richards was one heck of a captain. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was yayed up for a game, I'd probably be hustling too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Whoa. dude, he was good. Uh, I mean, Jeff Carter was too. High and wide. It doesn't matter, right? High and wide. <laughs> it doesn't as matter, as right? Yep. yep. He's still we, we have yet to have a shooter to fill that spot since we got rid of we, Carter. And we thought so. for a check. That's why we have Tyson Forrester. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. I knew that was going to be a long one. So <laughs> I knew that was going to be a long one. Moving on, um, what free agent goalie could replace Brian Elliott? I say Jonathan Bernier right off the bat. I will let you guys go. I, I want Jonathan Bernier if he doesn't re-sign this year. That's who I would want. Jamie, well, you know what? Let me go to Jake first. We'll go to Wade, and then we'll, we'll end. We'll end that one with you. I know we talked about before. I just rather go with either a low-cost vet or um, a guy already in, in the system that we can bring up if you re-sign Lion back or um, uh, what's the Felix uh, Sandstrom. For, you know, Don't forget about McIntyre. Yeah, just if – I think they need to talk to Carter Hart and get his head right and then have him in on who the next guy should be because I know he had a lot of help from some backup veterans before – and I, I feel like I helped this game a lot. So maybe get his input on it and go from there. But just don't spend a lot of money on a backup. That, that's all I ask for. All right. Wade, we can get you then. I'm pulling up my list. I would like to, if Colorado doesn't re-side him, is uh, Devin uh, Dubnik. Devin Dubnik, I, yeah. I think he'd be a good uh, number two. But then again, he's probably going to want to get paid. So I don't, I don't think he would fall under us. Um, and then my dark horse would be Anthony Rat- Ratna from Ratna. Uh, Arizona. That's if Arizona doesn't resign him. So those are my two. All right, Jamie, we'll end that with you. Uh, if, if this gentleman doesn't want a starting role, Linus Olmark is my guy. Uh, uh, he comes from Buffalo. Uh, one hell of a young mm-hmm. goaltender. He's only 28 years old. Uh, he's been in the league a little bit here, and he's played, uh, you know, behind, you know, uh, arguably 
he's put up really solid numbers for a bad Buffalo team. And yeah. we're, we want to talk about defense. I don't think they have any. You know, even Rama Stalin uh, has struggled there. You know, mightily. And um, so I, I like him. He's putting up solid numbers. But uh, I, I would also go with uh, what uh, you said, Jesse, in terms of uh, Jonathan Bernier. But if I had to give a dark horse, my dark horse is what, you know, Wade selected in terms of uh, anti Ronta. But I have a feeling that that Arizona would want to re-sign him as well. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to need to. So. Yeah, I mean, there's some big names out there. I mean – uh, Tukares said did say he's going to try to stay with Boston. Yeah, but you never know. You throw a chunk of money at somebody, they might just say, "All right." You know. Arizona might have trouble paying their bills again, so you're going to look at <laughs> OEL's already. Hit the <laughs> yeah, um, OEL's already hit the market, right? You know, in terms yeah. of like being open for trade, right? So mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper might be right behind him as well. They they floated both names around last year. And it's because it's not because they're not very good players. It's because that they're having trouble paying their bills. So look for a team like Arizona. And that's why I think that they will re-sign Ronta is because I think he will be sort of on the cheaper side of the puck there for them to fit within, you know, what they want to, you know, uh, get done in Arizona. Yeah, I do kind of agree with Linus Olmark too. He had some, he had some really good surprising numbers with that team. There was an absolute dumpster fire. Um mm-hmm. Yes, that's nicely putting it. <laughs> that's nicely putting that. Um, moving on, we got. Um, do the teams bring back the enforcers this season? And we brought this up on. I'm on another show called the Dusty Buttes. That's a league wide show, and um, we brought this up last week with the, with Flyers Alley, just due to the Tom Wilson incidents. That's that's happening. Uh, everything that's going on in the league now. After that, with uh, you know Ryan Reeves and then uh, the Kadri hit. That was I don't really think it was anything to to write home about. Do you think that the teams that they bolster up and bring the enforcers back to protect their assets? Jamie, we'll start with you. Yeah, I do. I see the game trending in that direction again. And when you're talking about players that you just mentioned, who are highly skilled players. Uh, let's not mistake Ryan Reeves can put the puck in the net too. Right. And Tom Wilson, we already know can score, you know, he could pot, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 goals per season himself and hit. So when you have to match that physicality, you look at a team like Washington like that. And Tom Wilson leads the charge there. One big hit changes the whole complexion of that game. Uh, you know, that that's just how it is. Ryan Reeves is the same way. You mentioned you know, uh, Kyle Clifford, you know, for the uh, St. Louis Blues is, you know, a solid, you know, guy there that, you know, can throw down the mitts and stuff. You're looking at a team like Tampa. You're looking at Corey Perry, you know, who's playing his balls at a wall, you know, for the Montreal Canadiens. And would would Montreal be as successful without their enforcer, Corey Perry? I don't know. You know, Corey Perry scores some big goals and he has a bloody face a half the time, you know, so – he, he takes the hit to make the play. That's just who he is, right? So, yeah, I think they're trending in that direction again now. The NHL is trying to get away, you know, from the fighting aspect, but it just can't be taken out. When you have big hits, you know, uh, fighting is going to happen. So, yeah, I do think it is the season of enforcers again. I think that they're slowly but surely there is a role for them. You know, hockey is a game of roles. When you're looking at top line, what's their what's their role? 
to score. You're looking at a middle, you know, the second line. What's their job? You know, set some energy for the top line, provide some energy for the third line, but score as well. Third line is what it's known as a checking line. They're just supposed to go out, be, be your grinders, and pot some, pot some big goals. The fourth line is what? A physicality line. Balls to the wall, hit, energy, right? And that's all they're supposed to do. Maybe pot a goal here or two, but it's supposed to be like once every five or ten games. You know what I mean? That's it. So it's a game of role. So I think that role is coming back in the NHL. Sure. Also, I, think, so. I think that goes along kind of with Jake. I think that was your answer from last week as well, that it's slowly but surely – Mm-hmm. It's gonna make its way back in, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the, the the documentary Ice Guardians. Um, yeah. uh, definitely look that up. It's it's all about well, enforcers. It's one of the best. If you don't cry at the end of that, you're heartless. I mean, it's just it's just it, it, you're taking these these some some guys are just those type of players, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, it's not okay. And you're taking jobs away from people that that. That's their type of gameplay, and I'm not okay with that. I don't think anybody in right. Philadelphia is okay with that. Um, I mean, it's just it needs to come back. You need to protect your guys. I mean, the fact that I think Wade brought it brought up last week that um, you know it's, it's something something's wrong when you know Oscar Limblom's fighting. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you have yeah. you have Sam Morin that, that literally is an animal, and I brought him up last week. I don't know if you're familiar with Tyrell Goldborn. He was my guy that I wanted to. He was the next guy. He comes up, he uh, lays out Petrangelo, th- and which led to us scoring in the f- like first minute of the first period when mm-hmm. they played the Blues that year, and then literally they shipped him off to Vegas. Yeah. So I mean, no, it's, it's, it's it has to come back. Yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, I I liked him. I, it's a shame that he didn't get more time here. I, I'm not sure why. To be honest, uh, I still haven't figured that one out. Uh, I'm gonna try. He was to an animal in the AHL down there, man. He was an absolute yeah. animal. Um, yeah, I don't know why the Flyers didn't particularly care for him, to be honest. Let me uh, let me get into kind of what you guys are doing over at the Flyers Nitty Gritty. Uh, let's talk about Lance Green representing the Flyers Nitty Gritty at Game Seven of the Cup Final. I thought is that is that correct? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, we got very lucky. Uh, so <laughs> um, I just submitted. We, we're accredited through the NHL. Uh, I've been on some. Uh, uh, streams last year, Zoom calls. Uh, when Sean Couturier, for instance, won the Selkie Trophy, Bruce Cassidy won last year's uh, Jack Adams, and uh, um, Mark Giordano, you know, won an award last year. You know, for the Calgary Flames. What you do is when you're accredited, you just put in for those, and you start to get your name out there. So we got lucky this year. We were given, you know, the opportunity. Uh, an email came from the NHL and it said, uh submit your request, you know, for the Stanley cup finals. So put in, all you could do is put in and uh, shoot for the stars. And sure enough, uh, the uh, young lady, Megan Cooper, who is the uh, PR for the uh, NHL there, uh, approved us of uh, game seven. It, now I didn't want to take multiple games. Uh, the reason is one, I'm unreliable because of kids. So pretty yeah, much right. I can't go to, you know, Tampa Bay and stuff like Damn that. <laughs> but when when it comes down to it like that, you want to be reliable. So if you put in for a game, you don't want to cancel. You know, oh, so but, especially yeah, that. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. So we did get lucky that Lance Green 
is able to, and uh, we have set him up with hotel accommodations. He has airfare and everything for that game in, in case. Well, let's so. hope it goes seven for you guys uh, and you just for the sake of more hockey. What's right. that What's that score right now, if you don't mind? It's one to one. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah Price is standing on his head, as he does. Wow. Yeah, it's 29. Wow. No, Montreal has 29 shots. Wow. Tampa Bay wow. only has eight. Holy let me shit. tell you something. Let me tell you something. That this this better shit. not be an ongoing thing here. <laughs> but Man, Andre Vasilevsky's playing off his head, huh? Yeah. So that that's that's out of He's control. Good. That you guys are that it makes us feel good. You know, we you know we have a network, Old City Sports, going on with a lot of good shows and a lot of good content. And you know, we got hockey shows. We got you know Jake's going to be doing a football show and. We got, you know, hopefully a golf show, a college. We got a lot of stuff going on here. And the fact that you guys, you know, got to do that just out of the whim of, you know, taking a chance like that makes it, you know, it is, it's possible to do that. And that, yep. that's amazing that you guys are able to do that and represent. You're representing the city of Philadelphia, really. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's a heck of a thing that you mentioned it like that. But that just, just goes to show you just shoot for the stars. You never know. You never know. I'm telling you, just keep doing your work. You guys do a good job. You know what I mean? And you know what? Just put in, uh, you know, put in for requests to see what happens. The worst, here's my philosophy. The worst people could say is no. So, yeah, and that's it. I've always been that way. If you carry yourself, you know, with, you know, a demeanor of that, you're not better than, you know, this, these people, you're not better than that person. You're not better than that person for where they are, you know, or where they're not at yet. But, you know, if you just carry yourself in such a way, uh, you know, eventually the grass will be greener on the other side. That's that's actually I'm not going to say why that's ironic. You said that, but that's very ironic that you said that, <laughs> that yeah, way. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations on that, too. And actually, I was talking yeah. to Lance and he was talking about one of us going on with him at some point. He wants to come nice. on the Flyers Valley. So I think there's. I think there's a little relationship building here, which I'm pretty okay yep. with. So that's awesome. Hey, hey, I'm down. You guys are pretty cool. Uh, we're, all, we're all we're all eating like we're all eating yeah. at the same table, man. We're all yeah. eating at the same table. So, my yeah, all right, together, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Every single one of us has broken a TV down the line. I know oh, that. Yeah. You know, where remote has been flying. I, I know that. Flown. Remotes have flown. You know, that, exactly. I know that your your kids, if you have them, are like, huh? Is there a flying? Is there a UFO? Mine's actually <laughs> throwing the remote. Yes, my son too. Oh man, he's what? worse than me. Yeah. I'll show you, now that you're uh, now that you're affiliated with us, you'll see uh, with some of the videos I post to my daughter. Yeah, she's she's a she's a firecracker. Um, see, see? but yeah, again from. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know either, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I got I got three more questions, and then we can wrap this up if you're okay with time. You're good. Okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, how are you liking the new guys like Wade Allison and Cam York? Man, I, I love them. Uh, Wade Allison provides you know the energy, but he provides the scoring ability as well, much like uh, you know Tom Wilson. Will he be like Tom Wilson? Uh, well, he skates like him a little bit. I think Wilson's a better skater, I think, overall right now, obviously, than Wade Allison. But Wade Allison has, you know, some wheels for his big frame that he is. It's kind of shocking, to be honest. And Cam York, I think that uh, Cam York will be uh, a quarterback of the power play here in the near future. Maybe not this coming season. I think they'll groom him for that. 
you know, whether it be on PP2 or something like that, they're not just going to throw him on PP1 and just say, hey, go at it. But I think that he will start out on PP2 in such a way. And I think that, you know, if not by the end of the season, uh, definitely by the beginning of the 2022-23 um, season, I think that he will be the quarterback of the future, you know, on the powerful unit. So big, big shoes to fill there. He, he's a hell of a player. Um, I'm telling you, there, there aren't much, many more dedicated people than Cam York. Did you see him train last year? He's very good. I, I saw him. He's very his, his, tra- his training <laughs> regiment was like that of the Spartans. Like yeah. he was, yeah. he is a brick yeah. shit house. That kid, like, yeah. he's like Provy on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They take you. I think it was on Twitter. They were showing him just kind of like doing his thing. I was like, God, I'm like. I can't do that. I'm sweating just watching, looking at this picture right now. Pulled a hamstring watching him. Yeah, right. Got winded and everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think with those guys, you're going to see some cool stuff. That actually kind of leads into my next question. And actually, Jake and Wade, uh, you guys get involved with this one. I know, Wade, you're really interested in in, uh, Zade. Uh, Do you think any of the rookies debut this year, like Zade Wisdom or any of the other uh, the Phantoms, uh, come up this year. I, I think they, they need to start making some moves with these guys. So I think that there's two that possibly could him and Tyson Forrester. And I say that because I think the I think the NHL will change the age requirement in terms of the CHL. I think they'll lower it from 20 to 19 years old. Oh. And uh, both Zade is both uh, you know Zade and um, you know Tyson would fall into that bracket. So, yeah, I think if not, then unfortunately both head back to junior because I think that the Flyers are in a conundrum here, you know, that they wouldn't have enough space. But I'll tell you this, right? Remember, do you remember back in 2000, you know, 2014, 15, nobody really gave Travis Konechny a shot to make this team, you know, coming yeah. you know, coming into the, you know, coming into that season. And uh, nobody, nobody, nobody pegged Travis Konechny to make that team. And he did. And uh, 2015, I stand corrected. Sorry about that. But um, he did make the team outright. I think that one could. Um, but I think that it would be more or less uh, Tyson at this particular time than Zayn. Really? So if they don't change the aid requirement, I think that Forrester can make the team outright. And I th- think that is because of his natural goal-scoring abilities. This dude, he, he, he his skating got better. And, I mean, it's not the greatest but it's not it's not bad either. I think he could get away with it in the NHL, but he has a shot. And that dude doesn't hesitate to yeah. shoot. It's finally it's about down time that the Flyers yeah. have your shooter in their system. And I know it's not who people want because people want uh you know them to draft that player like right now and come out and make that team, you know, right out of camp, you know what I mean? And be that, you know, like uh Leon Tricital or be I won't put him on a pedestal of Connor McDavid, but you know, you know, be a Dreisaitl or something. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. It's very, very rare that these players become available like that, like Jack Hughes and Alexis Lafreniere. That they, they, they are goal scorers that aren't afraid to shoot. You know what I mean? So, I think that Tyson Forrester was a very solid selection for the Flyers, and I think that he's going to pay huge dividends for this team in the future. Well, hopefully he's an he underrated prospect. He was all this year. I, he doesn't get enough love for what he for what he will do in the future. Well, like like I was, yeah, hopefully he stays healthy because he was hurt all this yeah. year. So I yeah. mean, you know, 
hopefully we see good things for him. Uh, and you guys have anything to say about that? I know Wade. I know you're you're excited to see Zade come up. I think Zade would uh, because he likes to grind it out a little bit more than putting up points. That's why mm-hmm. I think. I mean, obviously we all want we want shooters, but looking at our previous track record, we tend to bring up the grinders up. I mean, TK. I mean, obviously out outperformed everybody in 2015. Yeah, phenomenal. Yep. But I, I think uh, Zade Wisdom is, I mean, the prototype of what flyers normally bring up. I'm yep. like my, if I was willing to bet, I would say Zade Wisdom would be over Forrester just because he plays that, that grinded mentality. Then, uh, yeah, and the expectations points. might not be as high. Like if Forrester comes up too young and people are like, oh, he needs to score now and then he doesn't, then – the pressure might be too much on him, like we're seeing with Nolan Patrick, who I think the pressure's gotten way it's, too much. Yeah, he's head. shot. Nolan Patrick, he's yeah. going to be out. Here, obviously, it's all over the place. He wants to be out of here. So. Yeah. All right. Um, one last – I have one last thing for you, and it was uh, – it's it's centered around the picture you sent me. What was the scenario that was taking place in the picture People- with Morgan Frost? So that's a misconstrued picture. People think that, you know, I was giving a, a younger guy a lashing or something. That's like definitely that. what it looks like. Like, <laughs> uh, like yeah, he, he is, like, cutting him up. No, actually, we had a great <laughs> conversation. We were laughing the majority of the interview. Uh, it was just one of those things that the photographer at the time was uh, Alex McIntyre, and she just happened to catch that shot. Like, if that one, you know, one shot. And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> definitely got that shot. dad look on in too. You definitely yeah. got that gotta be kidding me. Look. People are like, "Oh, what are you drilling him?" No, I'm not drilling him. <laughs> you know, Morgan. I I, I I used to interview him when he was uh played for us uh, Salt Saint Marie. You know, uh, he's a good young man, and I haven't seen him in a long time. Actually, one of my favorite prospects was uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, and that's because he did oh, so much in my career. Um, honestly, like I owe a lot to him because, uh, he gave me so much access to him. And, uh, without that, I probably wouldn't be here today. So I owe a lot to Isaac. Uh, you know, I, he always have a soft spot in my heart, you know, I track with much like, uh, Ruben Rofkin. Uh, he plays for Liga. Uh, for some reason, Noah loves that guy. Um, <laughs> He, he's a heck of a player, and I, I hope that, uh, you know, the Flyers select him, you know, uh, this year. Um, again, he's a right-handed defenseman. He's, he tallies 16 points in 52 games played for uh, one of the third or fourth toughest leagues in the world. Uh, he was the best rookie defenseman for, you know, the league league. Uh, he, led the, he led the league in, in points for rookie defensemen. So we'll see, see what happens. But – what, uh, what slot is he is, looking to be drafted yeah, at? Uh, fourth round, fourth round on, to be honest okay. with you. Um, he could go as hey, third, but his ceiling, his ceiling, in my opinion, would be the fourth round. Yeah, I don't know if it worked. So we have uh, we have uh, Jake and, and Wade uh, for our network are covering the uh, the regular uh, 2021 draft. And uh, me and my other guy on our other show are going to do the uh, the expansion draft. So I don't know if you guys will be on for that, but it'll be be nice to see him get drafted yeah. to the Flyers. I mean, it's always yeah. nice. To- yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, you yeah. hit the nail on the head. It's a right-handed defenseman. What don't we have? Six foot one ninety. 
Six foot one ninety. Oh. I, I was actually surprised he didn't get drafted last year. I was shocked. He played for the Windsor Spitfires in the OHL last year. Oh and, man, okay. And, um, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't get drafted, and uh, I was like, wow. I, I, I mean, I was absolutely floored. I mean, this guy. There's no way he doesn't get drafted this year, especially since it's going to be a fluke draft. Uh, what I mean is, mm-hmm. is there's going to be a lot of players, and that's why I say you go as high as the third round because if team there were some leagues that didn't really play. Um, you know, yeah. like the OHL, for instance, how do you grade those players? Um, right. So you got to go off what you did last year. So I think that that last year's scouting reports are going to play a factor into this year, believe it or not. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's a, actually looking at the numbers and so it kind of almost looks like a pretty weak draft. Yeah. So, I mean, it's weak because yeah. nobody knows how they're going to be because right. some of these leagues didn't play. Some of them were shut down for weeks at a time, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, I, that sort of like skews the draft, in my opinion. That's why I thought last right. year was very tough, to be honest. Yeah, last year was a rough one, for sure. Definitely for sure. Um, yeah, so awesome. Um, I think we could kind of wrap this bad boy up. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. I definitely don't want it to be the last yeah. time. Uh, during Appreciate the season, it. obviously, it'll be uh, electrifying with – hopefully yeah. electrifying this season. Yeah. Uh, we won't have too many negative things to talk about. Hopefully, they get uh, they get their shit together a little bit more, which I they think will. they will. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, you guys are going to like some of the moves. I think the fans will too. And uh, it's going to be a very, very busy off season. Trust me when I say that. Good. So. That's, it's, that's a, it's a big one. It's a big that's all we one. want, right? Yeah. Um, again, like I said, thanks for coming on, and everybody that's watching, Jamie Baskow from Flyers Nate Gritty. Again, go to. Uh, their site check their stuff out they they may be game seven that's awesome representing philadelphia and um also don't forget to go to uh, oldcitysports.com to check out your favorite ocs podcast with that being said wade jamie jake we'll see you guys at some other time good night and good hockey guys later later later